This is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts could not continue without your prayers and support. Between now and Easter Sunday, please consider in your almsgiving a tax-deductible gift to our ministry. Click Donate at either DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue our podcast for those on the spiritual journey. Thank you and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with a Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Father Mauritius, thanks once again for joining me. Thank you for having me, Chris. We're taking an incredible journey with a little prince, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> we, we, are, um, we are accompanying him from one planet to the other, and he, as all travels and trips, he is experiencing and learning a lot on this journey. He encounters different people sitting on those planets. For example, the monarch, the lamplighter, um, the businessman. And I must say, all these figures are a little bit strange. At one point, the little prince himself says, grown-ups are extraordinary, he says. So he's kind of wondering, how are these grown-ups? Aren't they all a little bit strange? The word character came to me. Sometimes we say, oh, he's a character. So what I found in this novella, The Little Prince, was that kind of each of those figures is a character. And I was wondering, aren't we all characters in a way? Normally, we use this word a little bit negative, in a negative way. Oh, it's a character. But in this story, we can learn that, in a way, everybody is a character. For example, the king, the monarch. He suggests to the little prince to sentence a rat on his planet to death, the only rat he had just in order to pardon it again right afterwards so that he would not become unemployed as secretary for justice. A weird thing, just weird. Then there's the lamplighter. Every 30 seconds he lights and extinguishes the lamp because of the orders he has received. What a strange behavior. It's kind of sick all these people that the little prince encounters are sick people, are crazy people. 
I could imagine that Anthony de Saint-Exupéry wants to point to some sicknesses of our times, but maybe he wants rather to say, aren't we all a little bit crazy? When Pope Francis recommends the church to serve the people at the margins and to serve them like at a field hospital, he kind of points to a similar thing. When Jesus said, not the healthy need the doctor, but the sick, he points to a similar thing. I love this approach that St. Exupery has in his novella, and it reminds me of Jesus' approach, because he went to the margins. He went into the prison. He went to the broken people whose relationships were broken. He went to the toll collector. What a figure. What a, what a guy. Oh, gosh. He went to the lepers. Hmm. Who wanted to have anything to do with the lepers? He went to the Pharisees. I am not sure if everybody loved the Pharisees. He went there. He went there. So we are invited not to encounter the people with despise, but just compassionately perceive and try to understand. Once again, about the unique dignity of each human person, just by the mere fact that God created them and loves them, he loves every single one of them. He couldn't, he couldn't do anything else but love, because that's, as St. John tells us, that God is love. So if we love God, then we love what he loves, and it's that uniqueness, even though it may be something completely different than us. This is so true. And the sin comes in when we don't love anymore and when we don't see God's love anymore. And I may give you an example for this, because those figures, they are odd, they are strange, as I said, the king, the lamplighter, the businessman. They are okay and they are not okay. They all have their big problems. You can succeed within your limitations or you can fail. And so I want to share with you one of the most tragic figures which is presented in The Little Prince. This is Drunkard. It is so short that I can read it to you, the whole, whole story. The next planet was inhabited by a drunkard. This visit was a very brief one, but it plunged the little prince into a deep depression. What are you doing there? He asked the drunkard, whom he found sunk in silence before a collection of empty bottles and a collection of full ones. Drinking, replied the drunkard with a gloomy expression. Why are you drinking? The little prince asked. 
to forget, replied the drunkard. To forget what, inquired the little prince, who was already feeling sorry for him. To forget that I'm ashamed, confessed the drunkard, hanging his head. What are you ashamed of, inquired the little prince, who wanted to help. Of drinking, concluded the drunkard withdrawing into silence for good. And the little prince went on his way, puzzled. Here you can see the danger, the risk of any person. It's what St. Exupery describes here is a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle. The drunkard drinks in order to forget. He wants to forget because he's ashamed. What he's ashamed of? Of the fact that he's drinking. So it's a vicious circle. So this is the downside of being so limited as a creature that we can fail, that we can kind of become isolated, just rotate on, on our own world and and are not able to communicate anymore. The question is, how do we get out of this? <laughs> so if this is really a vicious circle that the drunkard here experiences, the answer would be, you can get out of the circle at any point at any point. This is the good news. If it is a circle, it doesn't matter where you get out of it. So, in other words, if, if we find ourselves trapped in negative behavior or in bad habits or whatever it is, in an addiction, the little demons want to tell us you will never get out of this. The truth instead is we can step out of this at any time. Father Mauritius, it, it sounds as though the, the bigger judgment that we seem to make and we may not even realize it is on ourselves, that in some ways we may be quicker to acknowledge or to judge someone else when in actuality, we are harder on ourselves. There's a deeper-seated thing that we don't want to bring out into the light. Mm -hmm. And that is something that can remain there a whole lifetime, remain hidden. And tremendous danger, isn't it? I mean, tremendous danger. This shame indicates that we don't want to open ourselves, the, we want to hide something that we are ashamed of. And everybody, everybody has spots in his life that he is ashamed of. And that's okay. That's okay. And this is the places where Jesus goes, where he is so merciful, so tender, He never tried to shame people, never. 
because he knew that they were struggling enough with their own shame. Where does the shame come from? It comes from the fact that, as you said, we have certain expectations of ourselves or we, we think others expect something from us so that we don't dare to show ourselves as we are. I see this different characters that we have on these different planets in the story of the little prince. I see those characters as an invitation to not be slaves of these expectations, to free ourselves from these expectations, to not be so hard on us anymore. So I must say that sometimes I feel sad when I see how uniform so many people have become the way how they live, the things they own, it looks kind of all the same. So there is a kind of norm working around our world that kind of tells us this is how you have to be. This is what you have to have. This is how you have to be. And we try to match up with those expectations. And we feel ashamed if we are not. The little prince encourages us to say, hey, you have limitations, you are not perfect, but you can make sure that within those limitations, I would add as a Christian, under the gracious view of God and in his presence, you can make sure that your life can still be successful. Again, what I want to bring across at this point is, recently I, I walked over um, across our parking lot and I found the colors of the cars were all the same. At the moment this is white, red and silver. It might turn maybe in two years or so the trend will change a little bit then they have all three different uh, colors. But it was all the same. There was not a green car, for example. I don't know why. Um, or when you look at houses in our suburbs, they look so similar, I must say. I can understand because it's cheaper to kind of build them uh, in, in a similar way. I can understand. But or when you look at even at people, the, the fashion models, oh, they look all the same. I'm sorry. In a way, they look all the same because there's a certain norm they have to fulfill. You know what makes people really beautiful and interesting? If you look for the little point where they don't match with this norm. I'm always looking kind of, maybe the eyes are not not totally right, or the nose is a little bit, or the mouth, or there's something in the um, something at the, on the body of this person that is not exactly how one has to be blondish and whatever, you know, all these kind of... I'm always looking for what is different, because this is where the beauty is. This is where the person is. It's not so much where 
where it fulfills the norm. The norm is kind of boring because the norm is changing and then everybody strives to, <laughs> to, to be again the way how the norm describes it. Or, yeah. So I, I see it as, as a freeing thing to, to look at each other in this way and not to be afraid of being different. I think there's you know, two words that really have leapt out here. It's being ashamed and fear. Mm -hmm. And that being ashamed, it, it's driven, isn't it, Father, by our actions that are responding. It, it could be because of a sin that we've entered into, uh, but also... It, even the taking on of that sin or the acting out with it, it is trying to feed something that we feel a dearth in our soul. So we're going to take that. Somehow that's going to make it better. That's going to help. Or I just need that. All those words are saying to fill something. Mm -hmm. And then when we do it, it it's not going to do that so then we are ashamed then we're, and then we're fearful mm -hmm. that somebody's going to see that mm -hmm. or that I'm going to have to give that up because right now that's the only thing I have mm -hmm. it's a terrible cycle it's just it's like with a drunkard mm -hmm. on that planet it is a perpetual mm -hmm. cycle a mm -hmm. circle mm -hmm. and the salvation can only come from the outside mm -hmm. like the little prince whereas I must say that I'm, um, the little prince is wonderful, but this help that we are looking for, for me, comes really from Jesus. There is a certain purity that the little prince brings, but then he stays a little bit cool. This is what I feel in this story. I love the story, but at this point, if I compare, this is not, it's a bad comparison, but if I compare Jesus with the little prince, People have been preparing those two figures kind of in literature. The little prince is a little bit distant. He, he's very tender and he is compassionate. But, you know, he left the planet of the drunkard. I'm not sure if Jesus would leave the planet of the drunkard. I'm not sure. Maybe he would stay. Maybe he would really suffer together with him and stay in this pain until believing, deeply believing, that someday this drunkard will be able to get out of this vicious circle. So we need somebody from outside, a human being, a brother, a sister, Jesus, who pokes us and says, hey, you can do differently. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be ashamed. You can start a new life and a better life. I think we all need that. Do you think it could be said, Father Mauritius, that, I mean, you, ex you beautifully express the pain, being present in the pain with the person. We often hear of Jesus as the good shepherd, and he has come for the lost sheep. And that lost sheep, more often than not, isn't frolicking all by himself out in the nice pasture 
just having a good time, like as sometimes we visualize it. But that sheep, more than likely, has gotten stuck in briars or somewhere and is in pain. And for the shepherd to go and to gather them out, if you've ever tried to deal with an animal in pain, they will fight you and they'll because it's difficult to try in that very those early stages because they don't know what else to do. And I think we do that, don't we? This is this beautiful what you are saying. Because we need the the great shepherd who who comes and rescues us. We we need him. And and he even accepts if we are not ready yet and if we sometimes those wounds and traumas that we are suffering from, they go back so far and it just takes time. We are still defiant and still resistant to, to follow the Good Shepherd, not even wanting to get on his shoulders if he would, he would be even, even able and willing to carry us back. Um, but this is our faith. We believe that conversion is possible. This is what the good news is about. Believe in the gospel, convert, think anew, go a new path. So it's possible. And actually the little prince has learned the lesson because he had his crisis on his planet. As you might recall, there was a little rose, little flower that was kind of annoying him and making him upset. It was not a very nice rose, and he could not deal with the rose. So he finally escaped his planet. So that was where he was failing. But there were other things on his planet he, he had matured, and he had become able to deal with it. For example, the volcanoes. There were active and extinct volcanoes, and he raked them out. He made sure that they could not break out again. And there were the baobabs, these, these big trees, beautiful trees, you can see them in Africa. And those trees were so big, or could grow so big, that they would destroy his little planet. So what he did was, every morning, he pulled out, pulled up the baobabs on a regular basis. So he, he made sure that they don't take over. What, I'm going, what I want to say is, um, he took care of his planet. So he had learned something that in his limitation there are risks and dangers included, but as you deal with them, as you tackle them, and as you are faithful in the hygiene, <laughs> as you are disciplined, this comes back to discipline basically, you can overcome those problems and live within your restrictions, within your limitations, a good and healthy life. So this is why Jesus, when he has rescued the people, when he has brought back the lost sheep, he always sends the people back to their normal life. He, some of them want to follow him, but he not always allows it. He says, you go back to your folks, because he wants us to... He wants us to be responsible. It all goes back to being responsible for ourselves. What else can we take away? 
Yeah, maybe again to draw a parallel to, to Jesus or to the saints. Look at the saints. What kind of characters? What kind of people who were not the norm? Almost all of them. Can you name me one? At their times, people who were probably loved and at the same time hated from other people. So we are invited as creatures of God, as the images of God, to live out our very own unique call and to be responsible to this call and to accept the temptations that go along with this call. So to sweep our volcanoes and to make sure that these big trees don't take, take over. But with God's help, we can do that. The church has always been open to such a big variety of characters. Think about Peter and Paul as the first leadership team in the church and then James and John those four were very influential in the beginning. How different, how different, and this is what Jesus wanted. He called these 12 apostles. How different were they? What kind of characters? This is what Jesus wants us to be, a very unique follower of his. And finally, he himself, Jesus himself, was so different. He, he fulfilled the law. He stuck to the law, but he was sticking to the law, but he fulfilled it. So in a way, he, he approached it in a different way. He did not what the people expected. He was not like the other Pharisees, although he had authority. When he said, dear disciples, I'm going to suffer in Jerusalem and die, oh, they were against it. So he had a different agenda compared to what the disciples had. He was walking on the water. That was very unexpected. You could name so many examples. Jesus was really surprising for everybody. And still he was a human being. So to the point that people were asking, who is this? Who is this? Is he the Messiah? Is he John? Is he Elijah? Who is it? Who is he? We all might look a little bit disfigured, but in God's light, we are beautiful enough. Mm. Uh, thank you so much, Father Mauritius. You are very welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. To hear and or to download this program, along with hundreds of other spiritual programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of DiscerningHearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. 
We hope if this has been helpful for you that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Hildy.